Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bootstrap Hawaii, the show where you get to learn from my mistakes of what not to do when building a self-funded startup because, oh boy, I make a lot of mistakes and I've made a lot of mistakes already if you've listened to the past episodes. My name is Ryan Isaki, as usual. And uh, if you're new to the show, basically, well, welcome, first of all. And what we're doing here is I'm just kind of documenting the steps of what I'm trying to do to get this uh, idea that we had last year um, to a state where it's actually working and making money. Basically, we put it like $50,000 into this idea. It's not working out like how we wanted it to do. So um, that's what we're working on. So picking up from last week, I started doing customer calls, basically calling um, people that have registered for Lesson on the Ground and uh, just talking to them and f- trying to figure out, like, you know, what's their problem, you know, why they're not using the site, like how I wanted them to do. And uh, it's going really well. So I continued doing that this week. I, I sent out a bunch more emails. And I, I think I talked to maybe like four or five people. But I also talked to three teachers, which is I'll get into in a little bit. And um, the cool thing is, I, I kind of mentioned last week that when you're doing idea extraction, customer development, whatever you want to call it, idea validation, whatever you're calling it, when you're talking to people it would be to try to figure out if you have a good idea or not, you, you, you generally do it until the answers start sounding the same and you're, you're able to explain the problem to the person better than they can explain it to you. And so this is starting to happen for us, which is really cool, you know, um, and what it, it makes this, the person you're talking to really excited when they hear um, you explain it because it's like it's what they've been trying to figure out how to say it the whole call. Um, but basically, yeah, so this is starting to happen for us. Um, and it's looking more and more clear that we're going to move away from the original marketplace idea and shift more towards like a concierge slash matchmaking service for students and teachers. So basically, let me let me. Oh, there's my rice cooker. I'm trying to cook some lunch. Um, anyways, this is unedited, baby. Um, so here's some of the things that I learned from these calls. Like generally, the students they want to get better at X, and I kind of mentioned this last week. The X could be you know whatever it is. Like they want to get from not knowing anything to strumming, or from a beginner to an intermediate player, or all the way to advanced, or you know basically whatever X is. They each have their own X. Um, they basically want to find one teacher that they like and then they can get along with and works well with them and just work with that one teacher for like an indefinite period of time or like an ex- at least an extended period of time, like six months, maybe some people three months, but you know, not just like one lesson. The The original site idea that we had was set up for like one lesson transac- transactional things. And actually in hindsight, thinking about it, you know, it's in the teacher's best interest too. Like if they don't have to keep hustling clients, they, you want that residual recurring revenue. And so that's, a, that's actually what the students and teachers want, which is really cool. Um, if they wanted to learn a song, like the original site, if you've taken a look at it, it was really based around, you know, I want to learn a song, I'm going to post a request, someone teach it to me. If the students, well, first of all, we found out that a lot of people don't even care about learning songs, they just want to get better. They're just trying to find teachers. But certain students that I did talk to want to learn songs, but they don't want to just learn a song for the sake of learning songs. Basically, the gist of what I'm getting from them is they want to use a song um, maybe the song is like an end goal, you know, like they want to be able to play a song, but they want to use a song as a vehicle to kind of learn the techniques that's required to play the song. And so they can apply those same techniques to other songs and, you know, to basically just learn an instrument doing that way, which is really cool because, you know, that's a really great way to learn. That's how I learned how to play guitar. That's how a lot of people learn how to play music. It's a very organic and fun way to learn, which is really cool. And um, that still goes still hand in hand with, you know, wanting to take multiple lessons. And also the main, and some other things 
they, they don't really have a specific teacher in mind when they sign up for the service. They just, they don't really, they're not really particular. Um, they just want someone that ma- matches with them well and is capable of helping them achieve their goals. And lastly, like the main reason that they want to do like Skype lessons or they wanted to at least try these kind of Skype lessons is because a lot of them actually have taken ukulele around courses, like our video courses, self-serve video courses. And they, they've run into things where it's like, they just feel like they need someone to, to guide them through this one part that they just can't get the feedback from a video, you know, that they could get from a real person, whether they're not quite 100% sure they're doing something right, or it just sounds wrong. Like they're, they're doing it, what they're, they think they're doing what the video is saying to do, but it's not sounding like how it should sound. And so these are things that, you know, video is probably never, ever going to be able to address. So a, a real positive from this is I think we can hopefully convert some of the churn from ukulele underground and then bring them into lesson underground if that is the reason why they're, why they're churning out. You know, they're just finding that they really do need more hands-on learning, which is fine, you know. Different people learn different ways. Like I was telling one of the teachers that I was talking to today, like our co-founder, Aldrin, for um, ukulele underground, like he's been playing for so long and the way that he learned a lot of the ukulele is he would just watch videos of Jake Shimabukura playing ukulele and he was able to like just watch it and through like osmosis through his eyes or whatever, he was able to like replicate what Jake was doing. Maybe not perfectly in the beginning, but he could, you know, he was at that level or he just had that natural ability to do that. And a, a lot of people don't have that, which is fine. I don't have that ability to do that either. So it's just really cool, like to be able to hear this. And, and it kind of got to the point where I could finish people's sentence. And I'm not cutting them off, but like I, I knew what they were going to say before they finished their sentence. Uh, for example, like people would say you know, I've learned a bunch of different songs, but not the whole song. Like I learned half of the song and then it got difficult and then I kind of gave up and I went to another song. And the, I heard that multiple times and it's basically just, you know, I, I and also I've heard, um, I, I just don't know if I'm doing this right and I need someone to just help me. And I'm and I'm committed to taking lessons and getting better and that's why I want to do this. And, and I think maybe if I'm accountable, held accountable to somebody and I can set aside like a half an hour a week or an hour a week every week, I think that's going to really help me get better because I really, really want to get better. And that's really cool because these people are telling, telling me, you know, they're motivated enough to do this, that they're willing to pay for it, which is a really great sign. So we have like a lot of good, good signs, you know? And so it's, it's, it's exciting, but it also sucks kind of that we, you know, I should have really done this before we built anything. Like I, you can listen to my last episode of all the things that I did wrong. Actually all the episodes so far is talking about things that I've did wrong um and there'll be much more to come in the future as we continue to do this um but yeah like it's it's just really cool to kind of hear these things and like i said once answers kind of start all sounding the same it's a really good sign you're onto the right track and you're going to be able to craft your messaging more effectively and you're really going to be able to pinpoint what the problems that you should be solving are so like i said i kind of detailed what i'm going to do concierge service sounds like the way to do it matchmaking teachers and students you know, and making sure that that experience is really good and then sending them off on your way, whether we're managing their, um, their booking and their booking and, uh, payments or the teacher just wants to take over and manage everything on their own after they get the lead. So I've also been talking to teachers as well. I've only talked to three so far and their input is all over the place as far as what they want, what they think is important. So I need to talk to more teachers, which is good because we need more teachers in our database anyway. And so, Um, What it basically seems like is that different teachers need different things because we have some teachers that are just starting to teach and they don't really have much experience teaching. And we also have teachers that have been teaching for 
a long time and teaching offline and online. And so, the, you know, the people that have been teaching for a long time, they have their system set up. They know how to construct lesson plans. They know how to get students excited and keep taking lessons every week, you know. But the, the teachers that are brand new to this, they, they want to do it, but they just don't know how to do it. And so I think we really need to create some kind of like learning materials for them. There's a little bit of gray area with this because you never want to, these are kind of technically subcontractors and there's a bunch of like legal laws where you can't instruct subcontractors how to do their own job. But I think we can provide training material for them, you know, like as far as what successful teachers have done and how to do it and how to manage. Because one of the teachers I talked to, he was just like, yeah, I have no idea how to teach, but I really want to do it. And so it's, that's something we're going to need to spend some time on. And of course, talking to more teachers and really getting that. What I, my goal for talking to teachers now is I want to really nail down what kind of revenue model makes the most sense to them because um, you generally don't want to run two revenue models because it's, it's such a pain to try to manage both, but it kind of sounds like we're going to need to do it at least initially, which is okay if we're small because um, we're going to be processing a lot of this stuff manually anyway. So whether it's commission or whatever, writing checks to teachers or they're writing checks to us or sending us money for a lead. We're, we're, I really want to nail that down as far as like how this business is going to generate revenue. Because once we kind of nailed on those numbers and we can kind of never want to make too much projections, but generalized projections about like an LTV of a customer and who actually the customer is, you know, because if, for example, if it turns out that we're, we have to do more, um, we have to take care of the booking and also the, the, the transaction fees and stuff, then our customer really is the, the student. But if the teacher wants to just buy leads from us, the customer becomes the teacher. So that's something that I, I need to just talk to more teachers to to really get that down. And so that's kind of like a something like another thing you usually don't want to do. You don't want to do two revenue models at once. You want to focus on one. And maybe in the future, if you get that one really rolling, you, you roll out another one. But yeah. We've made enough mistakes already. What's another mistake, huh? So, yeah, it looks pretty clear for a certain way. For, for now, you know, like I said, uh, that's kind of like it just seems like that's the direction we need to go. We need to go to this kind of matchmaking service. And the thing about it is there's there's other sites out there that have that are doing the marketplace. And I was kind of talking to my co-founder today because Aaron, Aaron is an, an Aldrin. Actually, the whole ukulele around crew except me is in California right now. They're reporting on the NAM show. And... Um, yeah, so like Aaron met up with um, some of the people that are running um, another website that's basically doing something very, very similar to the original Lesson Underground idea. They're, they're a lesson marketplace for teachers and students. They're connecting teachers and students. And um, Aaron was like, man, I don't even know if I should do this anymore because they're, they seem to be doing it really well. And it's kind of the, kind of true. And I told him, like, you know, it, it's right. Like, um, we don't want to compete unless we know that we can do a really good job and, like, really service the customer the best that we can and um, doing this other kind of matchmaking stuff, which they're, it seems like they're also doing it too, but I think we can do it better because we have some advantages with um, as far as like our ukulele expertise, which they maybe don't have. Uh, we're going to need to scale back to just ukulele in the beginning, get ukulele working really well before we even think about branching out to other instruments. Um, and so, yeah, like basically that's what it's, so the marketplace kind of thing yeah, it's probably, we're probably not going to do that. I, I have to kind of look at what we have built and what we paid to have built. If we can even salvage anything from that, maybe the booking or the payment kind of thing. But it really doesn't seem like it. It seems like we're just going to need to roll everything again. And that's fine. You know, that, you can't be attached to, thing, to this kind of stuff. So I guess I wanted to talk um, 
now that that's kind of out of the way, the update of what's going on so far, uh, hopefully bring a little value to anybody who's listening to this and talk a little bit about this concept of idea extraction slash, slash customer development slash idea validation, whatever you want to call it. Different people, different really smart people call it different things, but basically talking to people. And um, give some general tips about, you know, from my experiences of doing this recently, some things that I think are really good to do and what maybe you shouldn't do. So for us, we're kind of lucky because we have a bunch of warm leads because, you know, Google Underground has like, you know, thousands and thousands of people on their mailing list and we can tap into those people. And Lesson Underground had a few hundred people on its mailing list that are interested for that. So these people know who we are. They know what we do. They're, they're willing to, to at least open our emails. But what if you don't have that? Maybe you're trying to break into an industry where you actually don't have any connections at all to the customer base that you're targeting. So generally, um, there's different ways to approach this. Dane Maxwell, who's someone who's, I think he's super smart, you know, like I don't think he's really well known. And I think his, he might have, you might have saw his ads on Facebook. He's, he runs this thing called The Foundation, which kind of seemed kind of, in my opinion, kind of scammy, but actually I looked into it and it's just like a legit thing. Like they're really smart and they're, 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 he's good at what he does as far as like building, you know, like these, building a SaaS. His, his specialty, if you don't know who he is, Dane Maxwell, his specialty is building SaaS businesses for people who have no idea how to program. And he basically teaches you the process of doing this. And um, the reason he can do this and the reason why he's had success building SaaS businesses without being able to write a lick of code is because he's really good at idea extraction and, and pinpointing problems that people have and then and figuring out the best way to solve them with software. And so like I kind of talked about the God kind of ish problem with um, software developers where they can literally build anything and they're terrible at idea extraction and figuring out the problem that they should be spending time on solving. And so um, I think a lot of developers actually can learn a lot from Dane Maxwell. But anyways, I'm going to mention a couple tips from him anyway. But this is one tip that he this is the technique that he uses, which I actually don't agree with. Well, he just says, just call the people and just get them on the phone and talk to them because, you know, um, which is a very valid way of doing it. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. I personally, that that would cause me like a little bit too much anxiety, I think, personally. Um, so what I, the method I use is from the, I linked it up last week. There's a book that I linked up last week. It's from there. And it's the referral method. So basically, you want warm leads and you generate these warm leads through email by um, so say you have, uh, you want to hit this industry that you don't really know much of the people, but you have someone who is kind of well-known or whatever, and that's, it's your friend. So basically the example I can use for myself personally is, um, me and my other friend, we have this other SaaS app that we, or I should, I should, I say we, but actually I didn't do anything. My friend built the whole thing and we actually don't have much customers except my dad. But anyways, the, the target market that we were going after was this industry that my dad my dad was a part of. And people in the industry know, knew who my dad was. And so I would just, I said, I asked my dad, like, hey, can I just, you know, use your, use your name to say, like, you're, you're, you're referring me to this, to contact this person. And basically what you do is if, if the person says, okay, so say my, my dad said, okay, you know, you can say, yeah, you referred me. I would just type in the subject line, um, referred by my dad's name. Um, if, if you could just uh, have a few, I forget what the subject line actually uses, but the important part of the subject line was like referred by that person's name, colon, then your subject line. The, the most important thing for doing cold, this is essentially a cold email, but because you have that referred by and someone's name that they, rec- they, that, that they recognize, it instantly becomes kind of like a lukewarm uh, email because it's not entirely cold anymore. And so 
the main thing for cold emails is you want them to open it because most cold emails don't get opened at all. I get like so many goddamn fucking cold emails for Ukulanero, stuff that I just don't even care about. You know, it's like, oh, you're not you're not monetizing your YouTube channel as much as you should. Like, fuck, I don't care. You know, like that's not what the that's uh, don't get me started. But anyways, by by doing um this kind of referral method, you can at least get them to open the email. And and generally, if they're friendly with the person you're using as a referral, um, you're going to get some pretty good responses for that. And then you can build your, your call list that way. Um, so that's basically how you get the people on the phone. Uh, ideally, before you want to start doing these this idea extraction, as Dan Maxwell calls it, or customer development, as these other guys call it, you want to do it before you even have the idea. That's the ideal situation. You have like a customer base or like a target market of type of person you want to be servicing, whether it's like, you know, like I said earlier in previous episodes, SMB, small, medium-sized businesses. But, you know, if you have a niche industry, you want to target like small, medium-sized um, tourist businesses on Oahu or something like that, or small and medium-sized um, whatever, or realtors or whatever. You know, like you have like a general idea of the customer. You, you should go start doing this before you even have the idea or the solution. You know, you never want to start with the solution first. You always start with the problem first. And so you start doing this before you have the solution. And what you're trying to do essentially is get from them what their problems are. You want them to tell you which problems are the most important for them that need to be solved, you know. And so if you already have an idea, it's not the end of the world, you know. Like we we had an idea. It, we you should just look at what we did so far and say like, yeah, that's a fucking terrible idea to do what Ryan did because they all just waste $50,000 basically. So like that's what, I'm, that's what I'm really stressing. Like, you know, don't do this. Don't do this like after you have an idea already and you already are emotionally attached and invested in the solution. Um, do it before you even have any idea what you want to build. Be open-minded about it. And But if you already have an idea, be open-minded, be willing to change that idea. Don't be married to that idea. Um, and most importantly, you're not trying to sell your idea. You're, you're, you're just trying to have a human conversation with these people and find out what their problem is. And maybe hope, maybe it's not a guarantee. And maybe they have a problem that you can solve that you might be able to come up with a solution for, you know, um, a good tip. And this is again from Dane Maxwell. Like I said, he's a, they're, they at the foundation, they know what they're doing as far as like doing this kind of stuff. Um, the line that he kind of uses is, if if you if there's a magic wand, if I give you a magic wand and you could wave it and you could, you know, change anything and about your business and make it just that much easier, you know, what would be the first thing that you would change, or what would be the thing that would be the most important to change? And you know, don't think about what's possible, what's not possible. Just like it's a magic wand, so what would be the one thing that you could change? And when you phrase the question like that, um, the person starts stops trying to come up with, think stops trying to it, basically the person stops thinking. And it's like, well, obviously it's this. I fucking hate this. Um, so I would make that go away or I, if I could do that. So, you know, for me personally, in the past, um, that answer would be like, you know, my, my transactional emails aren't getting delivered. If I could just figure out a way, if I could make, wave a magic wand, every single transactional email that is automa- automatically sent from Ukulele on the ground gets to the person's inbox. And boom, we found SendGrid, you know, and Mail, Mailgun does that too now. And there's a bunch of other things that do it, but, you know, that's basically it. You know, you want to find that like the one thing if i could just wave a magic wand and get rid of this one problem that's the one thing that i want and that's the strongest you know if 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 you start hearing that same answer over and over from that question the same thing you know 
uh, it's just a transactional email. It's got to get to the, the, the customer's inbox. It's such a pain because they email me and they're like, oh, I didn't get my password. You know, I tried to reset my password and nothing, nothing gets sent. You start hearing the same thing over and over again. You, you know you're going to be onto a pretty good solution. And the last thing about it is, say you don't have, um, for, or two things. So, if, so one thing, like if you, start do, if you do start getting the same answers over and over again to this idea extraction thing and the, the magic wand question, you hear the same thing over and over again. And then all of a sudden you have like an outlier who's like, ah, I just want to be, to make friends or something. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know what, what kind of things people, like, but it basically got outlier. For example, during this lesson underground calls, this one guy said, um, he, he presented a use case for what he wanted on our site that was just not what everybody else wanted. Like he wanted to personally like select his own teacher. He wanted to like really be involved in the process while every, everybody else was saying like, no, I'm just like, I don't care. Just get me the best person for the job that you think we trust. I trust you. Give me the best person, you know? Um, so what I did for him, as I just said, like, you know, thanks so much for your time. And I really appreciate your input. Um, we'd love if you would, you know, check out our service when we get it launched. But I think from talking to you that these two other services sound like they might be a great fit for you. And so I don't, I want you to check them out, you know, and because my goal is to help you figure this problem out. And so I just sent it off to them. And that's basically what you want to do is you want to be helpful to these people. You don't want to, like I said, you're not trying to sell them on anything. You're just trying to find out what, what their pain points are, what their problem is, what they want fixed in their general life, what's going to make them that 10%, 20% happier. And that's fine, you know. You don't, don't think about it in that way. And um, that's basically how you do these things, you know. You just try to be really open uh, and useful to them, as, as useful as you can be. And then you go from there. As far as like the mindset to do it, um, and you know, I, when I when I used to try to do these things like two years ago, it used to stress me out like a lot because, uh, because you know, like I didn't do a lot of things I just said. It's basically you know I didn't have these warm leads, and um, most importantly, like I had an idea that I was married to, and I think that's where a lot of the stress comes from. Is when you have an idea that you're married to. And man, you really don't want that idea to be proven wrong. You really don't want to hear that. No, that's not what somebody wants. And so if you, I think if you start doing this before you have the idea, you're much more, uh, it's much less painful when people tell you like, you know, can't say that's a terrible fucking idea. Um, and yeah, just like have that, have that open mind. Um, it was really stressful for me to, to do this before. And um, just remember like these people, people are, People are generally good people and they don't want to hurt your feelings, um, but you, you kind of want them to be brutally honest at the same time. And so developing a thick skin, uh, it's not really a thick skin even. It's just re recognizing that what anybody says has no bearing on who you are as a person, on you know your skill or your your uh, qualifications of this. And you know if you, if you don't have self-confidence, like, uh, who am I to talk to these people? Like, you know, if, if you are honestly trying to help somebody, you know, just put yourself in their shoes. You know, if somebody called you, a warm lead contacted you and, you know, you know, they're just asking for, uh, so again, going back to the other book, this is kind of, this is the rambling section of this podcast because I kind of ran out of things on my list to say, but this is an idea that I want to get across because it's something I personally struggled with for years. Um, if you're trying to generally be helpful for them, helpful to them, and, and also if you're approaching them from a position of, uh, they're the expert and you're trying to, you, you're valuing their opinion. Um, they're, they're, 
they're not going to be like, there's nothing really to be scared of because you, you're not trying to be the expert here. You're, you're talking to them because they're the expert of their problem. And so that's the way to approach these, these things. And don't stress out about them too much. If you, if you do get stressed, tell me right in the comments, you know, like why are you getting stressed? And then we can kind of work on them because um, this is something that's kind of new to me too, like where I'm doing these calls and I'm just having fun and it's exciting and it's not stressful at all to talk to these people because basically what you're going to get from doing this is like you, you, you take all the ambiguity out of, you know, is this going to work? Because these people just basically flat out tell you, if you build this, I'm going to pay you, you know, money for it. And, you know, like, and once again, you can't take that as like hundred percent. Like they're going to like, some people say like, oh yeah, you know, Ryan, you get this going and you know, I'm six months, I'm, I'm uh, six months of lessons. I'm, I'm there. That person, when we launch him, I might email and say, hey, we're ready. He's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit busy now. So it's not a guarantee, you know, but you know, that's, it's just, that's just how it is. You know, like you gotta, it, it takes, a, it does take a lot of the ambiguity and, and, and um, stress about worrying whether your idea is going to work or not, if you're going to launch it. And, and also like that heartbreak when you, if you don't do this kind of customer development first or um, idea extraction first and you launch like how we did and it just doesn't work, um, it sucks. And so we, luckily for us, we can absorb that kind of loss for now. And, you know, I can work, I have, I've been fortunate enough to be in a position now where I can work on this while I have another business and I don't have to like, uh, you know, it's not like I, it put me out in the street or anything. It's just like, eh, you know, figure it out. We'll figure it out and we'll get the money back, hopefully. Uh, or I really want to get it back because it's kind of a lot of money. But anyways, enough rambling. Um, going to be working on more customer calls for the rest of the month. Probably going to start specking out a bare bones MVP of like how we can do this manually, the process at least. And maybe you'll talk about that uh, next week. I definitely want to do more calls though. So I'll, I'll report on that next week. And if you're working on stuff, hey, best of luck to you. You know, if you have any questions about, not that I'm an expert or anything, you've, you've heard, heard me for the past four weeks talk about how I'm definitely not an expert about all this stuff and how I'm learning too. But you know, just generally, you can share your experiences in the comments below. It's going to be a long climb out of this 50 grand hole. So I hope you're, uh, I hope you become invested in my journey too, because I think it should be fun if we can, if we actually are, man, are able to get out of this hole. So uh, I'll see you next week.